UX Podcast Episode 58. Listening to UX Podcast brought to you from Stockholm, Sweden. For people passionate about balancing business, technology, and users within the realm of digital media. Helping you break down silos, here are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Pear Axboom. Hello and welcome to UX Podcast. You're listening to me, Pear Axboom. And me, James Royal Lawson. I did it again, didn't I? Yes, you I wasn't did. paying attention you were, when you pressed you the button. Prepared. No. That's okay. It's kind of like normal now. <laughs> I think I did that three out of four times at um, Conversion Jam. We're sitting at the uh, Clarion Hotel sign uh, close to the Stockholm uh, Central Station, actually. And we've been here before. We when, hope the sound is pretty good. Yeah, when we interviewed um, Jesper Ostrom. Right, that's it. Yeah. It's really nippy and cold out in Sweden now, but uh, it's kind of sunny out now. And we're sitting here with uh, Matthias Beimo. Hi guys! Hello, welcome oh, to hello. the show. Thank you, thank you. Pleasure to be here. We were we were talking about beards and microphones getting trapped in beards. Yes, so we're we three bearded men sitting in a corner at the <laughs> hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna walk out of here with three microphones stuck to our beards. Yeah, we're, we're talking about the the occupational hazard of podcasting with beards. And mm. if you don't have pop covers on the microphones, you can get your <laughs> microphone trapped in your we beard. Need to, we need to post a picture of that. Yeah, <laughs> well, people can try it at home. <laughs> It's it's really easy. You Shouldn't we normally say like, don't try this at yeah. home? Well, <laughs> depends on your 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 your, uh, your attitude towards pain. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. Yes, that part of our audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Matthias, uh, we brought you to the show today. We've crossed paths over the years. You've been in the usability business in Sweden for I don't know how long. Forever. Ninety-five. Yeah. And uh, you have your own consultancy, you're a teacher at Baris, and you do presentations and courses and lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, tell us where it all started. Um, things started out back in Gothenburg in 95. Um, me and a friend, we were in a band, and uh, some guy from, from Norway uh, called us up and said, hey, you guys, we've, I've heard you can program websites we couldn't but he thought that and we had no money for strings to the guitars mm. so we quickly bought a, a book about html mm-hmm. and we also went to to the same uh, university where there were some classes in html which we thought of attending but we never did um, and then we said yeah we can make a website mm. for a norwegian organization and we did that. It was the worst website you can ever, ever imagine, both from <laughs> UX terms, but also from every other programming terms of, uh, I mean, the worst, yeah. as as websites were back in the I day. Th- I think yeah. we've all done those yeah. sites in yeah. 95, 96. So they paid us like 8,000 Norwegian crowns, which was mm. a lot of strings. Mm. And we got new strings. And I think I also actually bought uh, a new amplifier. And we, nev- mm. we didn't think about that any anything. And then... I guess six months after, uh, Norway's most um, biggest company, uh, almost called Fundia, which is a, was a giant steel manufacturing company. In it's now bought by other companies; it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Okay, uh, they called called me up and and said, "We want twenty one websites. Can you make them?" <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> because they've they've seen that website and was very very impressed, which uh. is weird. But back in the day, you know, it mm. was impressed because it, it was the web. It mm. was impressive. Mm. So they said, and we said, "Oh, we're, we're not an agency. You you can't ask <laughs> us." And then they sent a, a, a proposition, a business proposition. There were numbers. There were money. There was money involved, yeah. and uh, and we said, "Yeah, we can do this on the side, sort of." Mm-hmm. So we did that on the side. Um, 21 websites on the uh, side uh, in my was kitchen. it international was it several yeah yeah countries? 21 websites every country they have their oh, international business yeah. uh, I mean they have plants everywhere mm. in the world so mm. they naturally they have to have a website of every plant naturally of, of course. course of and course yeah. and, How about, yeah. mm. and then the internet and then the mul- multimedia of course mm. uh, CD-ROMs mm. They ha- gotta have them. Mm-hmm. So we started out in my flash, kids. flash. flash yeah. Well, yeah. that came later. That came later. <laughs> this was not non-flash CD-ROM. You know, HTML text-based CD-ROM. Oh wow, great stuff. Yeah. Now we did a lot of that, and um, and we grew from from sitting in my kitchen, uh, working twenty-four-seven, with a computer we bought from a guy who had it in his trunk. Uh, for some odd reason, <laughs> and all the <laughs> software in the computer, and it was a good to go. Great. A guy turns up with a computer in his car. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yep. we bought that. No, and we, and we I one normally know where those come from. We have <laughs> one stolen computer, no knowledge, <laughs> but a lot of time on hands, and the motivation to, to pay our debts to yeah. fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. Mm. So we did that, and then we grew to a real proper agency, and then I sold my part of that in '99. So that's the start of the story. Then from '99 to up till which I'm doing right now as, as well, is that I'm running Duma, which is uh, an independent quality assuring consultancy focusing on both UX, both usability and UX, and also strategical initiatives and strategical advice. Mm. Mm. Also in the venture capital side of things, but also in before, under, and after uh, our clients are are. are um, Launching or mm. thinking of launching a digital in- initiative of some mm. sort, applications, mm. uh, intranets, uh, websites, mm. what have you not. Just that business consultancy side of things, we've we've touched upon a few times in the podcast yeah. that mm. we, it's not, it's nowadays kind of, it's it's normal that we end up bumping into that side of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you you try and give UX advice or web or exactly. digital advice, and very very quickly. You straight away get into the business uh, yeah. consultancy side because, yeah. of course, you, you ask the first question. Well, so, what goals do you have? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's I mean it's 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 such a relief to when I started doing this in '95 and also from '99 up till now, and I'm still doing it. I I I I, uh, I um, speak a lot on seminars mm. on, on 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 and give classes and courses on the subject of UX, but also on the strategic side mm. of things. Mm. And those never met. Before no. they never met before, but True. they're starting to mm. meet mm. now. Yeah, you st- to merge the two is is easier, much easier now than just two years ago. There's a huge difference mm. on, in the last two years. Mm. We can actually. Yesterday, I was at a very large gaming corporation and t- spoke to senior management about UX, mm. and they actually understood why why I was there and what I was talking about. Mm. They understood, and that mm. that is because. They are users themselves yeah. these days. Exactly, and that's easy, and that's the crucial mm. thing. They don't need to understand or agree on mm. the definition of UX. No. They just need to understand the underlying point of yeah. why we're talking about this uh, yeah. subject. I, yeah. actu- I actually blame the iPhone. I think everybody's using an iPhone. They have the apps. They understand there's something here. There's something that's making this really good, yeah. and mm. I want a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're bumping against the problems yeah. more often. Yeah, exactly. So, or think they're bumping yeah. against the problems and don't really can't Definitely. always explain it, mm. but yeah. they understand that they're there. Yeah. 
and it makes it easier to 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 put UX in a branding perspective, which mm. is which we do a lot. That that the the the, the foremost aspect of of digital branding is user experience. It mm. is not look and feel. It is not design guidelines. It is the experience of interaction. Mm. That's why we hate or like a service or an app or uh, an internet. And and to put that in brand terms was impossible two or three years ago for mm. senior management. Mm. It's very possible today. As you said, Pat, because of the iPhone or because of they they now they book uh, travel online. Mm. They go to uh, mm. an airline's website and it doesn't work for them and mm. they can understand how that aff- affects the business exactly. and, and the brand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the penetration level now, it's not just the iPhone. We've also gone, in the, in the last five, six years, you've also gone to 100% um, internet connection, basically, here yeah. in Sweden. Mm. So the connection of the two together, yeah. it makes it ubiquitous. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Most definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree that if you are serious about UX also, I mean, you inevitably actually go into the business side of things as well as the technology side of things. Yeah. Mm. And uh, one of the reasons we actually brought you here today was to talk a little more about a subject uh, you call social media analytics. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I think we've all moved along from from the, well, people saying that you need to be in social media, it doesn't cost anything, uh, you need to be there, and everybody's on there, and they don't know really why they're on there in, in the end. And they're spending a lot of time there, but they don't know if it's valuable and if they're getting anything out of it. And mm. I think that's where this yeah. comes in, I guess. Definitely. Mm. It, 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 it's really connected to how things started with the internet. Um, back in 99, when I sold my part of the company, the, the internet agency, um, we had this demonstration of, of Flash uh, for uh, a client, uh, a very large uh, corporation. Um, and and they got fell in love with the fact that you can do things you can move things like in an animation on the web mm. so they mm. right away uh, ordered that this should be on every website on every multimedia presentation and on every internet also <laughs> like a like a you know as it were in back in the day like an intro a flash intro right yeah yeah, <laughs> and that kind of I, I remember the the exact location i remember the exact day when this happened it was an eye-opener that they don't give anything. Mm. Can I swear on the show? Yeah, go of for yes. it. I can beep you out if we need to. <laughs> All right. They don't give a shit about <laughs> effect, uh, bottom line, mm. nothing. They want it to move. They want it to feel good mm. when they show this to their friends drinking exactly. beer in a <laughs> after-work session yes. somewhere in mm. Germany. Um, that's what they want, mm. and we're st- and now we're there again with social media. Mm. You have to be on Facebook. You have to be on Twitter. They say, mm. but oh why? Well, everyone's there, and everyone back in '99, everyone was going out mm. on the web, and now everyone's mm. on social media. Okay, so you need analytics. They're even saying our customers are there, so we yeah, have to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they run there. Mm. Um, we've been doing a lot of social media analytics the, the, the last couple of years, and the technology for for doing that the quantitative technology uh, for for the uh, for the numbers for the uh, the metrics are starting to 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 mature which is good mm. um and also uh the the way to interpret things we are maturing because we can when by having a lot of clients doing this with us we learn 
what works and what doesn't work. And we can be a bit generic about, okay, this looks like the flu. This is the medicine for the flu. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to get, as the same way we've learned things over the years by measuring websites, we're starting to get that generic knowledge about what works and what doesn't work in social media. And f- to put it from a user experience p- perspective, the huge difference between a website and social media is that you have no control over the interface mm. Mm. in a social environment. Right. Because that's Twitter and Facebook mm. and LinkedIn that decides mm. how things look and feel. Mm. So then what is a user experience in a social channel? Well, that's the words. Mm. The exactly. words, the images, mm. the video. Yeah, That's the experience you create. You're also creating... You're creating a um, a social object. Yep. So rather than creating a web page or something, mm. you're, you're actually setting into the wild yep. a, a social object. Yeah. So so once you've done that, it yep. gets reshared, spread, yep. copied, um, mm. uh, changed, yep. hacked, whatever. Yep. Um, but it because it, it it's own life that you yep. can't control. Yep. You can't just delete no. because it's a meme. It's gone off. Yeah. We call it remixability. Yeah. Um, Every, as you say, a social object has a remix, remixability. Yeah. In fact, you, that's why you put it there, because you want it to mm. be remixed. Um, most of the time you want it to be remixed, at least. Sometimes <laughs> you want to control it, but mm. you can't, so right. you can give that up. Uh, but the remixability of it, if you if you go back to the, the terms of, okay, the words, uh, the video, the comments, is the user experience. Then mm. the user experience goes away from you as the sender like in communication theory you have a sender and a mm. receiver here you don't you don't have a sender here right. you only have receivers and senders or intertwined so the user experience is created by other people than you as a mm. sender mm. since there's no in, no interface you can control mm. you can't control the interface and from a you now this is getting a bit academical <laughs> <laughs> but that's the interesting part when we measure this mm we can see that trying to control the user experience is key uh, uh, in to get the, the correct and, and the good metrics. And trying to control it is using the right phrases, the right questions, the right use of images, when to not use an image, when to use an image, when to use a video and not. Mm. And we're starting to get kind of a, a blueprint for what works and what doesn't work in social media in terms of that, creating that experience for the users and mm. making them able to create the experience for themselves. And we're, when, when we've cracked that code, we're on, mm. on a good way to doing it, but when we cracked it fully, that will be mm. very, very uh, interesting to see if that can be a generic knowledge that mm. as uh, a landing page on a website is. Right. I mean, there's, there's one way to do a landing page. There's mm. like 10 books about landing page mm. design for a reason. Mm. I think the same thing can be said for uh, social media. I yeah. think there's one way of doing it that we're starting to crack now. Yeah, right. right. We've got, we're starting to understand the behavioral psychology of it and the, the triggers. Yes. What, what, what triggers can we put in place to help us achieve a certain goal. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes a picture is more useful as a trigger or yeah. part of the trigger. Sometimes yeah. it's text, sometimes it's audio, yeah. sometimes it's that social network or yeah. sometimes it's that social network. Yeah. But you're right, there's a pattern to all that. Well, we found triggers. just um, a couple of months ago in a study for a customer in the business-to-business side of things was that they always posted these positive um, 
uh, inputs on their Facebook and Twitter mm. uh, accounts. And they didn't get any en- engagement with that. There was some likes and la la la, but not so much because they were very, very positive and about their new products and how it's nice to be on holiday and all right. that. But they didn't get any engagement. And then we we gave them the advice to try to find what's wrong. Why, why are you doing it? Why 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 are you doing this? Why are you promoting your products? Why are you making the products? Why have you been striving to do what you do for a hundred years? What is your what is black? What is white? Right. What is wrong? What is right? Mm. And they tried doing that, and the interaction went up, and the engagement with the content mm. went up like hundreds mm. of percent. And this is also uh, something we can see when we look at over the years. Engagement with content goes up when it's negative. When you post a negative, when you post something that's wrong, that you're against, that yeah. you don't like, then you get more engagement mm. with the content. Mm. And this is at odds with what m- most people, I think, out there, especially in for our American listeners mm-hmm. in, in the U.S. things, that you have to be positive in social media. Right. Not if you want engagement. Yeah. And to put in 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 up here in Eastern Europe, in Sweden, <laughs> just kidding, of course, <laughs> at the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> no, but in, in here in 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 the North, when we're perceived as and a bit, mm. we are a bit more cynical and 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 and, and not so positive mm. about things. Even more so, you get no engagement of overly positive posts. True. So that's one. It's one mm. lesson of of looking into yeah. metrics. I mean, you even know that from personal pages that the, when you when you're up when you're um, enraged about something, mm. you're a little bit angry about something, yeah. and you, you you write that angry note mm. on Facebook with maybe a picture mm. complaining mm. about something. Yeah. That's when you get the yeah. kind of you know the friends come out the woodwork, yeah, start complaining, and say me too, or why don't you do this? The yeah. suggestions start flowing, yeah. and the other interaction appears. Yeah. Definitely, mm. most definitely. But mm. also, you touched on something there that, that I would think is, that we all agree upon. Also, is storytelling. Mm. The telling the story instead of telling talking about your products, telling the story behind the products, mm. telling the yeah. story of how you started the company, like how you started the show. Yeah. I like that. How That was a great story of yeah. what how you came into this and a personal experience. Yeah. So, yeah. That, I mean, that's what engages people as well. Definitely. Understanding the workings and psychology of each and every person that you interact with, actually. Painting, painting a picture, painting yeah. a background, and then mm. moving it forward. Yeah. But but that, oh, absolutely. And I mean, content marketing is, is, is on everyone's lips these days. Mm. And um, I could do a show about content marketing because I think mm. that's a very interesting perspective because mm. it is, on one hand, I agree that drama behind things is interesting and it can actually push conversions mm. because that's what you want. In the, in the end, you want value. Mm. We measure social media in different ways, but we measure in four distinct ways. And it's engagement, reach, sentiment, and value. Mm-hmm. Mm. Those four mm. factors are very important to us. And there's value in the end. And mm. value is not how many likes you've got. That's not value. That's engagement. <laughs> shouldn't be. The value. No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> for some people, I guess it is. Yeah. But for for a business, business is business. Mm. It's value. They want to sell more of something. They want their brand to be more known in a, in, on a market, in a marketplace. Mm. And that's the value of things. And it isn't a given thing that the storytelling and the drama drives value. That's not... A given thing. It's not that comes easily. Mm. The drama has to be connected to pure usability conversion methods. Mm. Social media or not, you drive people from point A to point B and then preferably to mm. point C where the right. value is. You need to have a yeah. goal with what yeah, you, you post. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 
and and I could like put this in like, try to put it in management levels terms. It's not about that. It is you have a button somewhere on a website you want people to push, mm. and if you tell a story in a glossy magazine or in a a, a move uh, a film you 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 put on a business to business website's first page, mm. you want them to go to the form or the button where they submit their interest mm. in your products. Don't mm. forget that. That's why you're doing the crane shot mm. dramas and you put them <laughs> online. Exactly. There's pretty much always a button somewhere. Mm. Yeah, it is. Mm. And when you're in a boardroom presenting this, as I do a lot, they forget that. Mm. They're blinded by mm. the, 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 the crane shots, the music, mm. the, 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 the actors they've paid a lot to, give, to appear in their corporate mm. bullshit video mm. but there's a button somewhere mm. we need to get them there mm. and the drama has to to be be aware of that mm. the the writer the scriptwriter mm. the director the yes. the web manager has to mm. be aware we're doing this because of there's a a, yes. a usability issue to drive people mm. somewhere online mm. reminds me uh, we talked to Brian Massey um Brian. conversion jam and yeah, he, right. we talked mm. a lot about the the well content content strategy and the importance of it yeah. and mm. conversion mm. from content mm. Worth giving that episode a listen exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about copywriting and and like mm. the landing pages you talked mm. about, it's always about the click to action yeah. Yeah. or the call to action. Yeah. Most wanted action. Yeah. 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 Mm. And and that's yeah. uh when going back to social media, that's uh that's an issue for us with social media from from two perspectives. Mm-hmm. First, the business because when you measure something in, in Facebook, then you have to be able to see where that traffic goes mm-hmm. on your website and what happens then. And there's there's a technical glitch there because Facebook and Google, they don't go to the same parties, really. Mm-hmm. So if you use Google Analytics and you use Facebook, use Facebook Insights, well, they don't play in the same ballpark. Nice. Right. So that's a technology side of things that we're trying to solve every day because you need to follow that traffic between the social channel and, the, and your own mm. owned channel mm. with Google Analytics or Site Catalyst or what have you not. So that's that's one uh, challenge you have to. to and, we, we're, and there's no real good solutions out there, techn- technical, technology-wise, mm. unfortunately. Um, now I, I can almost hear vendors out there crying. <laughs> yes, there's ours, <laughs> amazing suite of Oracle, mm. Salesforce things, but there's not. No, no. I mean, you can you can do a certain amount of tagging. Yeah, um, you to to link things up a bit, which yeah. then you've increasing the discipline needed yeah. from the publishers to to tag. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, we've done our, our own dashboards to do mm. that, but the client wants it in Google Analytics. Oh. He or she wants to go into Google Analytics and see what happens in Facebook Insights, right. but they can't because Facebook Insights doesn't integrate mm. with Google Analytics mm. for a reason. Mm. So that's one problem. The other problem is. Uh, when you attribute sales to what happens in s- on s- when you tell a story on Facebook, mm. that's hard. Mm. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to to have sales calls coming into, or you you make calls from a call center and attribute that to submits on a web page. Right. That's hard. It, it can be done, but it's still hard. But it's even harder when you have social media interaction in a social channel, and then then to attribute what happens there. Okay. 120 people like this. We have 6,000 followers on Twitter. Um, how is that connected to a business value? Those financial or rather economical uh, spreadsheets are not there yet. No. Mm-hmm. 
and and that's what it what makes it so uh, interesting to work in that field now because it's it's like the web in the 19 late 1990s it's being done right now mm. so i think that's the next frontier to to put a business perspective on social media that's why i'm working mm. with it a lot now yeah mm. You also have the situation of people, I mean, they can find out about you in social media and that makes them visit your website and then go to Facebook and something happens there. I mean, following and tracking yeah. that interaction yeah. is really, really difficult. Yeah, mm. and there's 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 some, as you said, there, there's some re- some workarounds mm-hmm. with it, like the, when Facebook can put a pixel on your page, mm-hmm. like Google does, mm-hmm. yeah. Facebook can do the same mm-hmm. thing and that you, you really have to do that. Mm-hmm. You really have to mm-hmm. have that to be able to mm-hmm. track what, okay, you drove the traffic from your paid event Mm. You drove the traffic to that event, and then you drove it to your website. But you have to okay, what happens then? Yeah, exactly. And you can't really see that in mm. unless you have the tracking tracking methods. Mm. And uh, yeah, but is there? I mean, have you been looking at? Is there a magic formula for how much reach you need to have before you can talk about even gaining value? Because one of Good the aspects aspects of this is once you start out with social media in the beginning, you're not going to make anything out of it. No. But how long does it take before you actually get a return on investment? Is Does it take six months, a year? Mm. I mean, how would you start calculating that? Um, <laughs> I mean, I would say that I, there's... there's we, can, we must start in theory. And I, I urge every listener to go and Google uh, Metcalf, Bob Metcalf, mm-hmm. Metcalf's Law, mm-hmm. which is, oh, yeah. is is why there's social media in the first place. Mm-hmm. Bob Metcalf was working on for Sun Microsystems in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he invented the Ethernet protocol. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, he... Uh, the, he, he well, he actually um, wrote a law called Metcalf's Law, mm-hmm. which is how how packets of data are spread in a in a network of mm. computers mm. Mm. and that um, math that piece of math is very very much the the essence of social media how messages are spread in social media but it's a bit uh, too easy and then two guys Odlisko and Tilly O D L Y uh, Z-K-O and Tilly T-I-L-L-Y mm-hmm. Thank they, you. That uh, helps me when I'm doing the show notes <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they actually enhanced that mythology or that math to a very very useful formula and that formula is the answer to your question where is the critical mass mm. on when a network is most valuable and and then I can go on about this, as I should do in my lectures for hours, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that now for various reasons. But yeah. the one one thing about Olis Contilli it's is is that size matters. Mm. A social network that is X, let's say one thousand persons strong, is way, 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 way more weaker more weak than a network of two thousand. If you start off by and it, it's it's because that that the network starts feeding on itself too quickly if it's too small, mm-hmm. and and all networks get a saturation level, a level of saturation where you where you we've seen the same. Go to yourself, you mm-hmm. on your Facebook. Can you see the same clips from different? To an extent, if you see the same um, shared news item from two people you trust, it's good because mm. it's repetition. It's yep. like all marketing. Confirmation. It's mm. confirmation. Okay, this must be interesting mm. because two or maybe three people mm. are sharing it. Mm. But 10, 13, 
Then you get fed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's stop sharing that monkey smelling his own ass mm-hmm. now. Stop mm-hmm. sharing that video mm-hmm. because I've seen it already. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Oh, this going to tell is uh, till tilly, tilly says about saturation. You have saturated your mm-hmm. network, mm-hmm. and that always happened independent of the size of the network. But in order to make it happen as late as possible, then you have to have the bigger network. So the advice one of many that they give is. Have a bigger network. Buy a bigger network. Mm-hmm. Uh, share a bigger network, or or, or find it, or, or try to to persuade it by competitions, or threaten people and drive them into you to be a Twitter followers or whatever. Size matters. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. also, what I'm thinking about now is, is we're talking about social media marketing now. Yes, and that means you've you've taken a group that are working with social media in that particular way. Well, not yeah. everyone uses social media in the same way. This is yep. one of the joys of the of the of the medium mm. is that some companies use it for support. Yep. For example. Yep. And there, it's 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 a different thing and a different way of calculating value. Suddenly, suddenly, the size of the network maybe isn't as crucial. No, correct. It's um, the maybe the the distance or mm-hmm. the the response time. Yeah, that and th- could be so where the value lies. Yeah, and and they go they they there. There's another part of their research um, where the where they attribute a qualitative measurements mm. because when we do an an. an Analysis of of uh, social network, in 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 your case that you're describing, that where there's quality, where there's mm. doesn't really matter if there's twenty thousand in this network because the, the, it can be two thousand because our customer base is maybe two thousand. We mm. have we have two thousand customers in the world. We're a business to business company, mm. Mm. but we want the relationship with them to be as good as possible. That's how we how we thrive. Mm. Right. So. Then there's then we have to attribute to every single person almost in that network mm. a value, mm. because in your network pad there's people that are more valuable to you than others right. when you're trying to do mm. business, mm. and you have to attribute value to them. We have a an application doing that, and that can be attributed by followers, mm. how many followers they have in their turn, or how many interactions they seem to have mm. with their followers mm. when they post something when they like something when they share something what happens mm. with that content how is it mm. remixed how is it engaged with mm. and that can attribute value to each and every one mm. and, in order, and when you know that you get a map out of how should I, which persons in my network should I really be, in, be influencing mm. Who should I f- be focusing on, and who should I not care so much about? Mm. Yeah. And we're talking about tools like um, Clout and Peer Index, yeah. and um, Topsy even have their yep. own way of gauging. And and there, I, I definitely, it's, you can see the it's the case that we're in early days. Um, Clout, at least when I've looked at it, when times when I've looked into it, it could be quite easy to gamify that you can mm. get yourself quite influential about dinosaurs yeah. without actually knowing anything about dinosaurs, depending on. How if you just press the right buttons? Yeah, mm. um, and and also they're they're still very um, not one dimensional necessarily, but it can be a slice of a person. As in we we know when we're interacting in in the real world that your influence isn't just that slice through Twitter and Facebook and so mm. on. Your 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 knowledge or your, what you do outside or in other channels or elsewhere mm. plays into it, yeah. and that is an incredibly awkward and difficult thing for us mm. to to bake into social media measurements. Yeah, how definitely. how do we take into account? Oh, 
the real world. The real world. Yeah, or exactly. our real influences, mm. not just our digital influences. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I, I like, I mean, you have so many followers, you, there's no way to actually go through them all, but I'd have an automated way of actually checking, well, how much income do they have? Yeah. Where do they work? Yeah. And stuff like that, oh, yeah. which could be quite possible, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we mm-hmm. cross reference. Uh, uh, CRM uh, files with mm. Facebook uh, followers. There's a way yeah. to do that in mm-hmm. Facebook. So you get, mm. you can see like a graph of, mm. well, income is one thing, but mm. also, I mean, uh, you know, turnover for, for, I mean, uh, if you have right. clients, you have yeah. a client list and you have a mm. Facebook mm. list. And mm. You see, okay, they, this name here mm. is cor- co- is mm-hmm. correlated with a name on Facebook. Mm. You have a Facebook follower of, of, of Facebook like. Mm. Mm someone mm. and uh, that can be correlated correlated in, in in Facebook nowadays so mm. it's, it's, it's I think especially as well from, from a support so using social media as a support channel yeah there is is where the CRM thing becomes a real UX mm. lift oh yeah that, I mean we've, we've probably all three of us had those experiences where a company has managed to connect some dots and you've tweeted them mm. and then you've got an email saying well we can help you fix that and mm. you haven't told them which account you are and no. so on they've they've worked out yeah, or they've managed exactly. to put together yeah. verify yeah. that yes Beantin is James Roy Lawson and he is this James Roy Lawson that has that account yeah. or subscription yeah. and we can fix it yeah. rather than say contact our support yeah. which mm. the local companies just get that standard message back saying yeah. oh sorry to hear that contact our support because yeah. mm. they need you to go into yeah. their funnel mm. and I mean th- that is an organizational issue you, mm. know, you have cross-functional teams within the businesses mm. IT should sit at the same table with the business developers with the support mm. personnel you have mm. IT must mm. come out of the basement because mm. otherwise the systems will never never be compatible in the way you're describing mm. here because that need is, is never most business side of things or HR or whatever support personnel or support manager they don't they can't really explain the fact that you can connect these systems. The IT people know that you can connect them, but no one have asked them to do it. Or they can't, or they can't um, explain the value. The value, no, mm. exactly. Because it, naturally there's a cost of, of integrating systems, but mm. as you just described, the, 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 the benefit side of things are huge. Mm. Yeah. Really. And the cost is sometimes not just financial. No. Um, well, actually, a lot of the times, the, um, the way that an organization has to change its ways of working Definitely. Um, is, is, isn't something you can always put a direct price label on no, and right. order from IT. No, no. Yeah. It's intangible. Yeah. yeah. I right. think you actually have to catch a train quite Yeah, soon. I was actually checking my, my, my time. <laughs> I didn't look at the time, I yeah. I had to run to the... Yeah. And go play a show, actually, in Lean Shopping. Oh, wow. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm moving from the UX side of things to another yeah. user interface. But still holding a mic. I won't be holding no, a mic. It's no. actually on a stand for me because I play the guitar no, at the same time. The guitar, yeah. But I, I, the beard gets stuck. I, I in the guitar? In, no, not in the guitar, actually. <laughs> I try to keep my, my <laughs> face away from... But Jimi Hendrix played with the teeth. Yeah, yeah. But he was... Better guitarist than me, I can mm. assure you of that. <laughs> mm. No, so I'm going to do that now. <gasps> so we're hoping for no beard-related guitar injuries tonight. You will read it in the mm. papers. So I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> well, I certainly got a lot of good insights today. Thank you. So thank you, thank yeah, you so did. much for that, and I yeah, hope our you. listeners did too. And yeah. uh, I think we'll have you back on the show later on as oh, well to actually cool. talk some more yeah, about content so. marketing and stuff. All right. Interesting Great. stuff. That's Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'll be glad to. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay. Great. Bye bye. And see. Oh, come on. Say your thing. Ah, remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. <laughs> You've been listening to UX Podcast with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit uxpodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX.